This is Made Event Status Radio, the podcasting frontier. Last week, the dirty dog Darcy attempted to boldly go where no man has gone before, entering into the Sunshine Court with Daddy Sunshine Dave. But this week, the stars will align again as Mr. Beverly Hills joins him with the final stop before the Royal Rumble. Can they review the January 16th episode of Monday Night Raw? Can they handle the sexiness of Mantar and William Shatner? Find out on tonight's episode of Main Event Status Radio. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Pastry, Minnesota, you download Main Event Status Radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210. And the dirty Welcome everybody to the summit. Welcome everybody to Houston, Texas. Live here at mideventstatus.com. Live at wherever you're listening to this to. This is Midevent Status Radio. I am the Dirty Doc McMahon. And joining me on the broadcast table is... Hey, it's me again. Heartbreak thrills, Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. It's I've been looking around the summit this whole week waiting for you, Beverly Hills. I'm happy to finally find you. It's a big it's a big building. I've do you know what hey, just on a side note, do you know what the summit is now? Isn't it yeah. um Joel Osteen's church? Yeah, it's Joel Osteen's church. I've just been hanging out with Joel Osteen all week. <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. I'm I'm he spreads positivity, Beverly Hills. There's a yeah, smile on your face. You're wearing a beautiful blue tracksuit. I am excited <laughs> I am. for today. This this is accurate. All all of these things are true. Smile is on my face, tracksuit is on my body. We're we're ready to go. He's he's also Granny's favorite. If you you yes. know that Granny Granny from uh, the good old Figure Four Wrestling Wrestling Observer podcast. Yeah, she's a big Joel Osteen fan. So I didn't ask you yet before we record, which I'm kind of kicking myself. Since you were unavailable last week to join us on the podcast, did you watch mm-hmm. anything from last week yet? I watched uh, the. Razor and Owen match fast forwarded, and I watched all of the Hakushi match because I love Hakushi. Okay, what is your thoughts on Owen versus Razor and fast forward? I mean, it was it was pretty good. I I watched like the first whole minute, and then I started like skipping every thirty seconds. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> it was a pretty good match. I liked your guys' review of it. Okay, like for me. That was pr- probably the, the best night of the match, or be- the best match of the night, mind Right, opinion. right. That, and what's your thoughts on Hakushi's debut? I love Hakushi. He's he's legitimately probably my favorite wrestler of 1995. He he looked really good. Matt Hardy. I, for some reason, I don't remember that you guys said that he wrestled Matt Hardy. So when I pulled it up today and I looked, I was like, oh, holy crap, Matt Hardy. That, that, that made me laugh, too, because, yeah. You know, when I, when I was watching it and reviewing it, I'm like, okay, some new guy. Hold wait a second. That's Matt Hardy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And then he tried like a moonsault and he just, yes. I don't know, he kind of like fell on it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy you watched probably the best part of Raw from last week. 
Yes, I did. So what are we talking about this week, Beverly Hills? All right, this week we got the January 16th episode, 1995, of Monday Night Raw. Yes, and I am completely excited about this Raw. <laughs> Since it is the go-home edition of Monday Night Raw for, for the Royal Rumble. Yes, it is. Yeah. And and we'll talk maybe at the end about if it served its purpose as the go-home edition or not. Yes, which, like you said, I'm sure we will. So Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, the show opened up with Vince McMahon doing a Star Trek or doing a takeover of a Star Trek knockoff. Yeah, it was I don't, it was interesting. I like that it's not like the normal deal. It's got the raw logo in front of like a sky. Yes. <laughs> then yeah, then yeah, then McMahon, you know, did uh, did the highlights of Shatner and Waller from the week before, and Brett will be facing Jeff Jarrett uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw, right. which led us to the classic Monday Night Raw opening. Oh yeah. And this is something I've been noticing on Raw's right on those times that one of the opponents for the first match are already in the ring. Right, yeah, we've seen that on a few of the older ones that we've looked at. But yeah, the Heavenly Bodies are already in the ring when McMahon and Shawn Michaels are our announcers again this week. And right, with some really bad kind of green screened into the yeah. <laughs> into the arena, man. Well, because I, I was, I noticed that too. I'm happy you pointed that out, Beverly Hills. And I wanted oh, yeah. to ask, did it? It did it seem like Shawn Michaels was wearing a well, was wearing a tank top in the opening, and then later on when we, when we see some shots, wasn't he wearing like his entrance vest then? I don't know. I didn't notice. Okay, I guess I, <laughs> I, I, I should have probably went back to try to find that, but I didn't. That's all right. You're all about the little things, dirty dog. Yes. And yeah, then uh, yeah, like I said, they were in front of a green screen, and all that. And I noted that yeah, Shawn, well, Shawn Michaels is wearing, but whatever. So we might as well go and get into the first match of the night, Mister Beverly Hills. We get yes. You, well, I, I swear, probably one of your favorite take teams, the Heavenly Bodies. You'd be accurate on that. Tom, I don't, I don't know. I'm so weird. I like to have only bodies. Tom Pritchard with Jimmy Del Rey with James E. Cornette against the one, two, three kid and Bob Holly. I'm swinging around my tennis racket. That's your scene right now. <laughs> Just don't. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jimmy Del Rey. Don't please don't hit me with your with your tennis racket, Beverly Hills. I, I won't. I won't. But like I said, pour one out for Jimmy Del Rey. Yes, he uh, just passed away recently. Which is sad. But yeah, I I always liked the Heavenly Bodies because they like they're pretty good wrestlers, and I always think it's an entertaining gimmick of like unattractive men who think they're like very desirable. I don't. Know, I just think it's funny because like they're over the top. Like Jimmy Del Rey didn't do it this match, but he usually does like the hip swivel and he like makes his belly move <laughs> so in other words if you and i were professional wrestlers and we're a take team this is probably what we would do actually yeah i probably would <laughs> i'm not going again i think it's one of the funnier things to do it's just and it's just like it's really easy because like people in the in the audience, whatever, when they see like fat guys or unattractive guys pretend to be sexy like you gotta boo that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> or totally. laugh. Yes, right. Which made me laugh. Then, 
yeah, the kid in the oh yeah, the, the how uh, the announcers mentioned right away at the start how one one two three kid in Hollywood faced the million dollar corporation for the tag titles at the Rumble. Right. I th- I thought this was really weird. Like, why did they do the as we'll see in the Royal Rumble port? Why they do the semifinals on superstars and then do this match right again? I think that's weird, especially with the same outcome. Well, yeah, that's what made me scratch my head. That. Yeah, they just fought on superstars for TV wise like two days before. So why have them uh-huh. wrestle again on Raw? I don't know. It was really weird. I I didn't get that, but whatever. So, anyways, you want me to get into the match yeah, here? If you can. Okay. All right. Well, first off, speaking of attire, as you were speaking before of Shawn Michaels, I did like, and you can offer your opinions. Spark plug Holly's black outfit it's usually i think i always remember him in red yeah usually with like red, the checkered yeah. flag but he's got the black one on and i like this a lot better i think it looks uh a lot less hokey a lot less cheesy well i usually remember him either in the, the red or the neon yep. green okay okay yeah okay yeah that one i don't remember as well but i i have seen that for sure <laughs> so pritchard starts out early working on uh, spark plug. He lays down a couple elbow drops, which looked good. Tags in Delray, um, and the Gigolo hits uh, a super kick, which looked good. But then he kind of fell over off of it, which didn't look as good. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> then he tagged in Pritchard, brought him in, and like kind of atomic dropped him onto Holly into a leg drop, which I again that looked I think really cool too. Um. I missed a minute or two because I started to try to look at how many people were at this raw, but I couldn't find it. Uh, when I came back, the million dollar corporation of DiBiase, um, Tatanka, and Bigelow had come down to the ring to distract uh, everybody. Um, didn't really <laughs> do that, but whatever. Well, I know I know one of the notes I took down right around when the Bammer and the Tatanka came down was. The kid, the kid got uh, got a hot take and was running wild. And McMahon yeah. proclaimed that the kid is a house of fire. <laughs> he hated. And then what did HBK say about that? I didn't catch what Michaels wrote or said. <laughs> he, he goes, uh, "I'd probably say he's a condominium of fire. I don't think he's quite a house yet." <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, yeah, for that line for you, I know, like like I mentioned in the last few podcasts. That we've been reviewing, Shawn Michaels has been one of the highlights for me. Yeah, he wasn't as bad for me this week. Which like, is good to hear. Yeah, to and you know, me, you talked about maybe he has more, um, more of a connection with Vince. And the last one that I reviewed was the one with Gorilla. Gorilla Bassoon, so, Daddy O. <laughs> so, may, I don't know. Maybe I wonder if it's like not kind of the opposite of what I thought it would be where gorilla almost gave him too much freedom and Vince kind of reigns him in more, which I thought was going to be the opposite, but it seems like Vince maybe kind of keeps him on the right trail, keeps him on the right kind of mindset of the whole deal. I don't kind of tied it in with what we talked about before on the podcast. So in a way is Shawn Michaels is like Jerry Lawler to, yeah. Gorilla Monsoon being Michael Cole and this right. man being Jim Ross. I can see that. Yeah, sure. That, that makes sense. How we, I know we talked about it before and how you, when we reviewed the first SmackDown, how you felt like that, or I think it was one of the first SmackDown, or maybe the fourth I th- episode I believe of SmackDown. It, yeah, that, whichever that, one we watched, yeah. That you mentioned that 
how you felt like Lawler's goes overboard when he's with Cole, but when he's with Lawler or with Jim Ross, JR brings him in. Right, right. That's what it seemed like. And I think I wonder, I don't know, we'll keep, we have more episodes with Michaels and Vince. We'll see what we think about that. But as, you know, just seeing one each, I would kind of say that. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, um, the bodies are going to do a double clothesline, but Holly did kind of a cool breakup where he jumps into their arms and makes them smash into each other. Yes. That made me laugh. <laughs> and, yeah. And the kid came in and hit some really nice, really high uh, drop kicks on uh, Pritchard and Del Rey. Um, the bodies kind of get the advantage again they set him up for a double suplex but holly clips out uh del rey which gives uh the one two three kid the opportunity to hit a fisherman suplex on pritchard and hit get the one two three or what i noted in my notes the perfect suplex. yeah you got it so yeah the winners are the kid and holly and i ready this match three-fourths of a star oh i'd go better than that i'd go two and three quarters of a star <laughs> To me, it was all right. You know, it showed some awesome teamwork between the heavenly bodies. And I felt like, you know, the, the bodies kind of helped build up the kid and Holly for their Rumble match for the tag titles. Right. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, at least what we saw, the heavenly bodies at least tried the, their best to build up the one of the tag challengers for the tag titles. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just kind of what they did, you know. And one of your lines that you love to use, the Mark Henry, that's what I do. That's what the <laughs> that's what the heavenly bodies do. They're good workers. They aren't gonna really be expected to win a lot of matches, but you can trust them that they're gonna make the other take team look good. You can trust that they're gonna have good teamwork because they're both veteran. They've been tagging, you know, with each other for a few years, so I don't know. It was it was well done for me. No, it was the heavenly body is not well done. Oh, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, yeah I, like I like I would confuse someone like Jim Cornette with someone like Harvey Whippleman. Yes, yuck. Yeah, then we go backstage <laughs> with Brett and Shatter and McMahon. Asked Brett if he are uh, if, if he had any ring rust, and especially yeah, that yeah. he facing Diesel in six days of the Rumble for the WWF title. Brett said that he had no rain rust and Shatner will be watching his back tonight. And Shatner says, Rody, Rody, that's your name? Tonight you're going to be called Roadkill. <laughs> yes. That'll, I think right around that time, too, Michaels asked or asked if uh, anybody will watch Shatner's back tonight. And that's, I think, when Shatner said, yeah, that he'll make Roadkill to Rody. <laughs> Shatner said he didn't need anybody to watch his back. Yes. Shatner was in a lovely leather jacket. He's looking tough. He's looking rough. He's looking like the captain. Yes. And before we get into the next match, Beverly Hills, let's take a yes. quick break for we can catch our breath. And <laughs> there are some PowerPoint slides on this Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and what will we see after we take our break, Beverly? We're going to see Mantar. We will see the debut of Mantar coming up <laughs> next. Yes. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. This is the Dirty Dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio, and I am here to tell you 
listeners of Main Event Status Radio that you guys should be off the grid like Jesse the Body Ventura. That way, the NSA can't track you guys, can't trace your calls, and cannot figure out why you guys are listening to the greatest podcast of all, Main Event Status Radio, here on MainEventStatus.com. And welcome back to Main Event Status Radio. We got the real main event coming here. Why is Jim Correct coming out to some mooing? (laughs) It's the Mantar. (laughs) Yes, Mantar with James E. Cornette. I do not understand why. Beverly, I'm happy you're here with us this week. Please explain why Jim Cornette was with Mantar. Oh God, I don't know because they want they well because Mantar can't be by himself. He needs a manager. That's uh, that's gotta be. I don't know. I feel like I, they got Whippleman, but he. I don't. I think he's kind of on the outs. He doesn't really have anybody right now, does he? Well done, maybe. I think just well done. Yeah, it's gotta be it. Um, I don't know if you put him with him because I think they wanted to give a little bit of a push to Mantar. And outside of Cornette, I don't know if they have any other heel managers on the roster. Makes sense. They'd have to put somebody new with them. I don't think they really match, like, at all. Yeah, well, because you know, one of the notes I've had, or first note I had for this match was, okay, Cornette's with with him since this is, a, this is his debut. Makes a lot of sense. Not really. Yeah. No, I... Th- I don't know. He needs a manager, but he needs kind of like, I don't know, someone who's more like in a handler role. Like, I, you know, um, old Albano yeah. would have been a good one, like 80s Albano. Um, I wouldn't put him with DiBiase. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Corn- Cornette works better with just these kind of like sleazy guys. Yeah. Um, or something just like to make him money. I don't know if Mantar really works with Cornette. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, when we get into the match here, Mantar versus Jason Arndt, uh, who I've never heard of. Have you heard of Jason I, Arndt? We, uh, we will, I will talk about him and one of our other jobbers later in the night. So I'll promise. Oh, you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I did some research on Jason Arndt. I did some research on our jobbers, Beverly Hills. Oh, well, I'm waiting with bated breath. I'm actually very, <laughs> very uh, uh, intrigued by this. Well, so you, you the, will be. Okay. I promise right. you that, Beverly okay. Hills. Okay. <laughs> so the announcers tell us the Mantar's in the Rumble. Um, what do you think about Mantar's attire? We're all about the fashion here on Main Event Status Radio. Tell me about what you think about Mantar. At least nobody else was using the color brown. (laughs) So I had to give him that. At least he was going for a color that wasn't being used, so why not the color brown? I just don't even get it. He's like in this kind of velvet. uh, I don't know. How do you describe that singlet? Like not the kind that has like the shorts. It's got just like the butt. It was kind of like King Kong Bundy's. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So it's like brown velvet. What does he look like, like? He looked like an egg in a ways. <laughs> like just his physique. Well, yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah, he he was an egg, kind of like King Kong Bundy, but I guess more <laughs> rounder than King Kong Bundy. He's an egg. And then he came out, he was wearing this, like, leather skirt, and he's got, like, his hair is in the horns. Oh, it's so, oh, my God. Because, yeah, yeah, it it made me laugh. At least he isn't wearing the giant bull head. Yeah. That he wore in his debut, which Vince talks about. Yeah. Well, yeah, you want to mention what? what well, yeah, because did Vince say anything more about his debut? Uh, not that I can think of. Did you write anything else down no, for his debut? I, no, I actually, I thought, I thought this was his debut, but this is his raw debut. Okay, it feels like. Like with Hakushi last week, it almost feels like they're usually um, like around this time they're starting them on a different show and then bring them on to Raw. Okay, so that's so, kind of what. It's, okay, yeah. so debut them like on back then on WWF Superstars or WWF Wrestling Challenge, then bring them to, to Raw. In essence, kind of like what they're doing with NXT and Raw and SmackDown now. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Kind or yeah. kind of yeah. So uh, right. that would be like the modern day equivalent, right? It would all well. It would be yeah. It would be like if someone debuted like on, well, me like on NXT, but then like the next week came on to Raw. Like yeah. not you you know not six months or whatever. Yeah. Well yeah, so. I, I can't, yeah, it makes sense yeah. Okay, so, uh, Mantar starts out with a big moo. And then he hits a, I thought, a really nice belly-to-belly. Belly yeah. On, uh, did, on he hit him, did he hit him twice? Two-time belly-to-belly? Belly? Um, I guess in my notes, I, I, I wrote I, down he did it twice. One. So, which oh, surprised okay. Either way, if it's once or twice, it doesn't matter. But like you said, that belly-to-belly belly was absolutely beautiful, and that surprised me out of Mantar. I know, right? I thought that looked really good, too. But the, I don't know. But then, like... Uh, Mantar, or then Arndt tried to do a crossbody, but Mantar caught him and put him into, I don't know, kind of a what a maneuver slam. What do you call that? A front slam? I just wrote down a body slam. Oh, okay. All right, right. Yeah. Then he comes back with another big body slam that looked really good. Um, then, I don't know, it's like you, you have like this good first half, you know, he's got this good belly to belly. He's got a kind of a cool body slam, one where he just kind of like threw him across the ring, and then we just like revert into him just like being fat. He just like runs into him twice, mm. like with his big boobies. And then, can you can you describe the finishing maneuver of the Mantar? I just wrote down for the finish. Mantar scored the victory when he splashed the jobber and pinned him. I wouldn't, you know, that is an insult to all splashes. In wrestling history, yeah. he he, I wrote he flopped onto him. That's, I guess that's a good description for what he did too, because <laughs> he didn't like jump up in the air. He didn't just run across fell, the just, ring. Just, just like, like tripped, <laughs> tripped and fell on him pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, and then he got the three. So yes, the winner is Mantar. I rated this match. Dave Meltzer, give it to it. Dave Meltzer's famous dud. I will give this match one. Oh, I got to give a good one. One two thousandth <laughs> of a star so for, be... for one pound of a cow. So you said he, one, no, two one thousandths? One, one two thousandth. Okay. Because yeah. he is, because an average cow is about two thousand pounds. Yes. <laughs> He's makes a pound so, a half. 
Makes He's sense. a pound of hamburger. So yeah, I felt like that. Uh, this was another enhancement match for Mantar, and I felt like the way as it was what it needed, but it sucked. And the match yeah. wasn't match. You know, the crowd didn't care. Instead of uh, Mantar yelling out "moo," <laughs> you should yell out "boo." <laughs> so if the I don't well, as I say in in this time, if the fans ever yell out "boo." For Mantar's matches, I hope McMahon and whoever's color guy would say, "Is there crowd chanting moo?" See, they don't, but they don't even care enough. Like that—that that is what they should say. Are they saying boo or moo? Oh, I did. Uh, oh, are I you did. Big, big, hey, dirty dog. Yes. Do you, are you? Do you watch the Simpsons at all? Once in a great while, whenever I actually oh. have the TV on. It kind of give that last exchange we just had reminds you of. Are they saying boo or boo words? <laughs> I was saying boo words, just like that. I was saying moo. <laughs> yes. Well, talking about moo, that actually leads into what I was uh, mentioning about what, what Michael said. How okay. Matt was going moo, and Michael's question. What the heck was that? Is that Mantar's mating call? <laughs> yes, the Mantar mating call. That made me laugh. And it made me laugh, too. And I had to use my Dean Bell a little bit because that made me laugh, too, to Michael's. That, lines <laughs> like that makes me appreciate Michael's being on, on these Raws. The, then as after Mantar scored the victory, they showed this little kid who was covering his ears. And I just wrote that he was probably covering his ears to prevent from hearing the mooing. The, the mating call of the Mantar. No, the mooing, the mating call of the Mantar. <laughs> he does want Mantar to come over and mate with him. Oh, God. And there we go. <laughs> if I had a ding bell, I would dig it right now because there <laughs> we I, have. There I did it for you. <laughs> an, an awkward sexual comment from the Dirty Dog. Our first probably of many on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, what can I say, Beverly Hills? I am excited that you're back. Oh, thank you, sir. So, I'm so excited. I'm knocking down stuff. Yes. We go to the Royal Rumble Report. Oh, God, with Todd I'm still Pet- Yeah, we go to the Royal Rumble Report with Todd Pettengill. I'll talk about this when you figure stuff out, Beverly. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Todd, I guess, sends it to Dibble J. Jeff Jarrett, and Jarrett tells him to hurry up with the report, which made me laugh. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was funny, too. Then Todd tells us to call our cable provider to order the Rumble. I'll be right on that, Todd. And yes, Pamela Anderson will still be there at down in Tampa. She will be the host for the Royal Rumble. Then Pentagel plugs the Rumble match and goes over the rules and all that. And all this, right. the only thing that's different is every sixty seconds, the each competitor will get come out instead of every two minutes or ninety seconds or whatever. Yep. Then Pentagel, uh, yeah. Then Pentagel talks about the Undertaker and IRS and all that. Then Paul Barrett cuts a promo with a huge ass urn. Yeah, that was enormous. It was like a, a flower vase. I I love the how huge the urn was. <laughs> it was enormous. It was like two feet wide. Just think what it looked like if a normal sized person would be holding that urn, though. That's what <laughs> made if one two three kid was holding it, it'd be, it's like bigger than his waist. Yes, rest in peace, Paul Bear. But still. But yeah, then uh, yeah, then talks. You know, Paul Bear cuts the promo. Then, then, then Todd Pentagon talks about the vacant tag titles that would be on the line with the kid and the hardcore Holly. I mean, sorry, Bob Holly will take on <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow Tatanka from the Million Dollar Corporation. 
And the main event will be Diesel defending the WWF title against Bret Hart. Yes. Then the Intercontinental title will also be on the line with Razor as the champion against Double J Jeff Jarrett. Then Todd asked Double J if if his match against Bret tonight on Raw will place his match at the Rumble in jeopardy. Jeff Jarrett seems like he freaks out a little bit. A little bit. I'm yeah. going to send him back to Canada. Yeah, then he's Jarrett said that he will beat Bret tonight and he'll be beat Razor on Sunday. Then uh, when Double J and Rody walk off, Ted mentions that he's put, if he was a betting man, he'll put his money on Bret tonight. Then somehow, <laughs> some way, Jeff Jarrett heard him. Turned yeah, around. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, turned around and yelled at him through the TV, which makes makes me laugh. <laughs> I thought that was good. So talk about what else is good. We do have for a second week in a row a Royal Rumble a Royal Rumble report with Todd Pettengale, which we'll send to you guys right now. report here on WWF Superstars, because this is it. The 1995 WWF Royal Rumble Spectacular happens this Sunday night, January 22nd at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, as we come to you totally live from the sold-out Sundome in Tampa, Florida, exclusively on pay-per-view. So you got to hurry and call your local cable company to place your order. Otherwise, I'm afraid you may run out of time, which is one thing you don't want to run out of. Paper towels, yeah, milk sometimes, but you run out of time. You'll miss the greatest night of the WWF ever, in my opinion. Call your local cable company and tell them you want the WWF Royal Rumble Spectacular. After you do that, come this Sunday night, you'll see Pamela Anderson from the hit TV show Baywatch. Uh-huh. She's going to be the host for the entire night. It's the world's largest beach party. And I mean, it just doesn't get any cooler than that. Unless you'd be interested in seeing, uh, I don't know, 30 of the greatest WWF superstars go at it in the ring. That's what could happen this Sunday night in the actual Royal Rumble match itself. Here's the deal. We're talking 30 guys in 30 minutes. We hold a drawing to determine the order of appearance for the superstars. Now, this year, the drawing will take place this coming Sunday during the Action Zone, and it's going to be totally live. Superstars get their numbers. That's the order they'll appear. Now, the match begins with two guys in the ring. Then, every 60 seconds that goes by, another WWF superstar comes down the aisle to join the action. The only way you can be eliminated is by being thrown over the top rope and having your feet touch the floor. The winner of this very prestigious match earns an automatic shot at the title at WrestleMania 11 and will be escorted down the aisle by Pamela Anderson. This is bar none, the fastest 30 minutes on TV. Here's the final lineup on who's in it to win it this year. Made in the USA, Lex Luger. King Kong Bundy. Doink the Clown. Bob Backlund, Quang, Adam Bomb, Luke, and Butch of the Bushwhackers, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, Dick Murdoch, Henry Godwin, Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese Man of War, British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, Moe, and Mabel, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Kona Crush, Mantar, Owen Hart, Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn, plus Jacob and Eli Ballou, who I'm told are absolutely 
huge. We have not seen them yet. We will see them at the Royal Rumble itself. Plus, these new entries, the Head Shrinkers, Batu and Sione, who were eliminated from the tag team tournament last weekend, along with the heavenly bodies, the Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, and Dr. Tom Pritchard. Now then, you may have noticed that missing from this awesome list were the 123 Kid and Bob Sparkplug Holly. Well, just this week, they withdrew from the Royal Rumble match so that they may concentrate solely on their match with Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka in the tag team finals. Therefore, the smoking guns have now stepped in. Apparently, Bart's injuries have healed. So there you have them. The 30 prestigious WWF superstars involved in this year's Royal Rumble. But speaking of tag team titles, we just talked about it. That match is finally set for Tampa. Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka taking on the upset-minded 1-2-3 kid and Bob Holly. Now that we have qualified for that final race, Bam Bam Tatanka, we will see at the Royal Rumble who will get that checkered flag. You know, we know you guys are tough, but I've been a tag team champion right. before. No one thought I could do it then, and no one thinks we can do it now. But we're going to show you at the Royal Rumble that we will do it. Now, in addition to the actual Royal Rumble match itself and the tag team finals, you will see the Intercontinental title go up for grabs as well. The bad guy, Razor Ramon, taking on Double J, Jeff Jarrett. We saw Razor in action earlier on, and we heard that ridiculous challenge from Double J with some technical assistance there from the roadie. It's going to be interesting to see how this one comes out Sunday night, I'll tell you that. You will also see The Undertaker face IRS. Now, this is a showdown that Paul Bearer and The Undertaker have been waiting for since the Survivor Series when IRS tried to assist Yokozuna in the casket match against The Undertaker. No question, both opponents know exactly what this one means. Everything. Undertaker, as I've said before, no one will rest in peace until you've paid all your taxes. Well, obviously, that includes you. And with Royal Rumble almost here, and with the power of my druids, it's time for you to pay your fair share, one way or another. Oh, when I shyster, it won't be long now. The Royal Rumble, bring your druids. But most importantly, bring yourself out in time, IRS, you will be made to pay for your actions. So take this time now to reflect upon them. The mockery of death. The innuendos thrown at the Undertaker's integrity. In time, IRS, you must come face to face with fear. Rest in peace. Now, let's talk about the main event at the Royal Rumble Spectacular. The WWF Championship will be on the line as Big Daddy Cool Diesel defends against the hitman Bret Hart. This could quite possibly be the greatest title match of all time in the WWF. It's the awesome power of the seven-footer Diesel against the speed and finesse of the two-time champion Bret Hart. Big Daddy Cool knows that in order to beat the Hitman, he's going to have to be on top of his game the whole way. Well, Brett, it's time. You know, I believe in time. 
time of the season, time of the year. You know, people say there's a time to be born, a time to grow up, sadly enough, a time to die. For you, Brett, it's time to lace those boots one more time. Time for you to face me. Time to see if that shoulder of yours is healed. Time for you to put the demons of your past behind. Tampa, Florida. Brett, it's time. Folks, let's go back to last year's King of the Ring, the first time that Diesel and the Hitman faced off. Check this out. Man. Now, folks, the hitman told me the jackknife was probably the most painful move that had ever been used against him. So the question remains, will Bret Hart be able to survive a jackknife? Obviously, the anvil Jim Neidhart won't be around. Conversely, will Bret be able to get the sharpshooter on the seven-foot monster diesel? We'll find out the answers to all these questions Sunday night. I'm talking the 22nd, this Sunday night, totally live, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific, from the Sun Dome in Tampa, Florida, and only on pay-per-view cable TV. If you live here in New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, call Time Warner Cable right now to order the Royal Rumble. In the Bronx, Long Island, Newark, or Fairfield County, Connecticut, get on the phone to Cablevision Systems. Place your order right now and see the Royal Rumble live tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And we're back from the Royal Rumble Report with Todd Pentengale. If that sounded a little bit goofy, well, well, it wasn't the Royal Rumble Report that we just covered, but hey, at least it was a, at least it was a Royal Rumble Report that we were able to find Daddy O's and Daddy Yet's. <laughs> so we get, which leads us to our next match, which would be Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie versus Bret Hart and William Shatner. Well, it's not a tag team match. It's just Jeff yeah. Jarrett versus Hart, but well, Roadie and Shatner. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Jarrett with the Roadie versus Bret Hart with William Shatner. All right, cool. Sorry, man. Beverly, for you, because I felt like this, honestly, to me, this was the main event match of the night, and because it was a main event match in my eyes, I had to open up a main event status milio. And for me, because it's the main event of the night, I'm going to open up a bottle of Diablon, too. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Burdick's Pepsi and Viking Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's a co-promotion. I don't so, think they'd ever get along that well. Yeah, I know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, you're holding your mic. It looks like you're holding a pipe, Beverly. <laughs> Which makes me want to bring up my pipe. Oh. <laughs> but as we normally do, what's your thoughts on what Jeff Jarrett was wearing tonight? The velvet Scott. red and white nipple guard tights. just going to say he's got the red and white nipple cages on again. Yes. I, what, I don't know. And he's got the flashing glasses again, which I know are is your favorite. Yes. Like I mentioned two weeks ago on the podcast, that I'm tempted to get flat, the flashing cowboy hat, the flashing glasses of Jeff Jarrett, and the flashing uh, Jericho jacket. You would be a star. I think Jeff Jarrett even has like the flashing t- uh, like pants, too. Oh, my. I know. I might have to get a pair of those, too, for myself. Oh, my. 
you'd you'd probably have to charge it like once a week or something. You'd be using so much electricity. Probably. Hey, what's your thoughts on how wild the fans go when they hear Bret Hart's theme song? Well, I mean, he is the biggest star in it. Uh, I guess I read that this is the fir- his first match since. Uh, Survivor Series, yeah. so well, could, it's been a while since they've seen him as well. This is one thing, one reason why I missed him sad that you missed the main event status radio last week because I, when I ran on the dark matches for this taping, since, well, I forgot this, I, yeah, this taping happened with last week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Right. I, I was looking through the dark matches that I went ran through with Daddy Sunshine. That, <laughs> if yep. I remember correctly, Brett Hurd actually had a dark match with Owen Hart. Oh, okay. So, at least television-wise, this was Brett's first match since Survivor Series. You're right. And yeah, officially, right. Yeah, and also people didn't, besides people in the summit, you know, who were waiting for Joel Olstein and saw this raw <laughs> tapings, that, you know, they saw Brett Hart twice and all that, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, what was the, did... Did that take place before this, or did it take place after? Because I know everything was kind of out of order. Okay, let me, uh, let's see, let me pull up my notes from last week. You do that, and I'll get this into, okay. I'll start us oh. off on the match. Okay, well, I got it, I got mine pull, pulled oh, up. okay. Okay, right. uh, at least what, the notes I, I have, it just talks, how uh, Jerry Lawler's uh, Kings Court with William Shatner was the first thing that was taped. Okay. Then uh, it was Chris Candido versus Barry Horowitz, Luger versus Tatanka, then Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Oh, okay, okay. Then then there was so uh, then there was okay, under, then there was Undertaker IRS match, a Diesel versus Bob Backlund match. Then it went into the matches for last week. Okay, okay, so. sounds good. So let's go. Let's go back to this week, Beverly. Okay, so when Double J and Rody came out, Rody did a mic check, and again I laughed. I love the whole Rody shtick. Check, I don't even check, know why. Check, I just check, think it's check, hilarious. Check, one, two, check, mic. check. Mic, 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 check. I I just love it. And uh, <laughs> so Hart comes out with William Shatner. Um, they're throwing out all kinds of Star Wars references out of this world, out of this galaxy. I just wish you know. Star Trek ended in like the sixties or seventies. I wish we'd have gotten some T.J. Hooker references or something like that, right? Yeah, because I know uh, uh, Shatner also was the host of Tech Wars. So it would be cool yep. if they would even try to tie in that <laughs> show somehow with make some references about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And talk, and then, talk about uh, references. I wanted to ask you about. Okay, uh, Michaels was talking about. The Kings Court from last week with with, right. with Shatner and, and Jerry Lawler. Right. I, I noted that Michael's called Lawler the Keen Fish. <laughs> okay, I just made me, just made me laugh because you know just made me laugh because I don't ever remember hearing somebody call Lawler <laughs> the Keen Fish. Well, that makes me think of. Uh... How my mom always called jobbers fish when we watched TV <laughs> wrestling on TV. So whenever we'd see a, a a jobber, she'd go, "Oh gosh, he's just facing a fish." So so if we would mix your mother Mother Hills with Shawn Michaels, you'd get <laughs> you'd make Lawler to be the kin of all jobbers. Oh, hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a pretty big. Uh, 
pretty big jump right there. Well, I'm happy we're nowhere near Memphis, Tennessee. So, got it. Not so, even. Yeah, close. We might as well get. We might as well get back to this match. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me get back to it. Sorry, I was. I was all. I was all. I'm too excited. Um, HBK said that. <laughs> said that Rody was going to turn Shatner into pavement pizza. <laughs> And then Vince goes, pavement pizza? And HBK goes, pavement pizza. <laughs> That's funny. That that, so, that exchange sounds like if you and I would be do be at the announcer's table. I would I would agree. HBK says that uh <laughs> I can't get over this pavement pizza shit. <laughs> so HBK says that Bret Hart's gonna do a impersonation of the biggest <laughs> the biggest movie in the box office which is Legends of the Fall and then I just wrote there is no way that Vince had seen that movie there's a good chance Vince still hasn't seen that movie 20 years later he, exactly in probably 5 years we're going to get a gimmick based on it <laughs> because <laughs> he'll see it and he'll go oh I love that movie <laughs> so oh, oh, so Vince. So as the as the match starts, Shatner tells Brett to throw Double J under the ring, and then I just show. Does he know how this stuff works? I don't think that's the best advice. He's like, throw him under the ring. Really? I, he can't win under there, Shatner. Come on, man. Well, yeah. Talk about the start of the match. That you know, Brett seems pretty aggressive, according to McMahon. Right. You know, taking Jeff Jarrett to town with the first few moves of the match, which made me, which made me appreciate McMahon saying. It's pretty aggressive. Right. And, you know, usually he doesn't notice that kind of stuff, but I like that they're trying to tell the story that Brett is unhappy that he lost the title and he's coming back, you know, with more of a fire to try to take it back. I appreciate that. I like that wrinkle well, in the in well, the story. Yeah, cause I know I, same here. I'm happy that Brett showed a different side of him that we would normally see from 94 to 95 mm-hmm. and all that too. You know, like you said, he was he – was PO'd that he lost a title and he wants to show the fans and to Diesel that he's ready to do what he needs to do to win the WWF title this Sunday at the Royal Rumble. Right, exactly. I like that. Um, yeah, and he's even you know throwing in face rakes. He kicked Double J to the gu- in the gut as he was reaching for his towel, which I mean, ill advised. Come on, you need the towel as you're draped in the ropes. Yeah, I know, right? Come on, Double J, get your stuff together. Um, I I did, did write down that uh, there was a headbutt to their crotch from Bret Hart. Yeah, yep, yep. And that's when they flash to Shatner, and he just is utterly confused. <laughs> he just doesn't even know what to think. He's just like looking at the ring. He's like, "Do I, do I cheer? Do I tell him to throw him under the ring? I just don't even know what to do." Oh, Shatner. <laughs> and that's about the time that Brett hooks on a sleeper, but uh, Double J turns uh, into a nice back suplex. Put, puts him in a what? A, a, oh, a sleep hold. Yes, I apologize. A, yes, the sleep a hold. sleep hold. Yep, he puts him in the the Bill Mercer patented sleep hold. Yes, and uh, Double J turns into a back suplex, which I, uh, according to Vince, is a look at that maneuver. Yes. <laughs> um. Brett hits a swinging neck breaker. We go back to and we go to a break. Yeah. Right. When they come back in, um, they're trading roll ups. Uh, Double J takes control with a nice Irish whip into the corner. Um, Shatner starts a go, Brett, go, go, Brett, go. 
chant. Yes. I was hoping for the bell on that one. Go, Brett, go. Okay, that's better. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Brett takes back over with uh, a, a punch and a back body drop. He goes up top with a flying fist, gets a two, but uh, Double J kicks out. Um, let's see. Hart uh, ties Double J up in the ropes, but as he's jumping toward them, Rody pulls Double, Double J out and uh, he takes over. Um, Jared gets Hart into the figure four and then Shatner blatantly cheats, pushes the ropes toward <laughs> Hart so he can grow, so he can grab on. HBK talks about this, but come on, Vince, that's such a cheat, cheating move here. Grab onto these. <laughs> I'm William Shatner. I could do whatever I want. <laughs> if, yeah, uh, those made me think if, if Jesse DeMotti Ventura was doing color and captain with Vince McMahon, he would call up McMahon for that, for that cheating and looking, us, looking away for that, like what you were just doing, <laughs> Beverly Hills. Come on. Come on, Vince. Come on, McMahon. You can't tell me that if Bobby Heenan would have done that, you wouldn't be all up in arms. <laughs> yes. So they traded roll-ups, um, and Hart is the last one on top and gets the three for the victory. Yes. So the winner is Brett, the hitman, Hart. And I rated this match three stars, Beverly. I will go three and a quarter. Um, I, it was, I think it's a good idea to give Hart a um, kind of formidable opponent going into the Rumble. I don't know if Double J was the best one just because he has the Intercontinental Championship match coming up so they can't really beat him clean. I I wish he could have. I don't know who would the better, um, you know, better man would have been, but someone who he could have put the sharpshooter on, gotten the whole deal, you know, pretty cut-and-dried victory. I would have liked that better than, um, you know, a roll-up, I think. Yeah, well, for me, I felt like both men were still looked great into their Rumble matches. That right. I, I would I feel like losing to Bret Hart really hurt Jeff Jarrett, in my opinion. I feel like both, sure. I felt like well, especially since Brett was challenging for the world title and Jeff Jarrett was going for the Intercontinental title. To me, it was okay to see the challenger for the Intercontinental title lose to the challenger of the world title. But I do right, see I where you're, I do see where you're coming from on how it would bother you that <laughs> why throw in the challenger for the Intercontinental title against the challenger for the world title? Why not pick somebody else? Sure. Uh huh. Yep. So, so I see where you're coming from on there, though. But I felt like, you know, for what we saw so far in the, in the night and what we'll see later on, I feel like this would be the best match of the night, hands down. Oh, God, yes, yes, 100%. Then, yeah, then the roadie came into the ring and all that and tried to do his sneaky things, but Shatner came in and hit him with a, with a fo- the forearm and all that. A tremendous forearm, according to Vince McMahon. And sent his head into the corner a few times and threw him over the top rope. Yes. Is this the first time we've seen Rhodey's dreadlocks, his burgeoning dreadlocks? I think so, yeah. Yes. I was so impressed. I just wrote, William Shatner, with like 10 <laughs> exclamation points. So, I just loved it. Yeah, so if this was the Royal Rumble, it'd be down to Bret Hart and Shatner to see who will go on to WrestleMania 11 for the world title. 
sorry, Brett. I know who's going to win. Yes. Yeah. And then as – so they raised each other's <laughs> hands and as they were uh, raising each other's hands, <laughs> Shatner was just going, Bret Hart, Bret Hart, Bret Hart. <laughs> you can see his <laughs> – you can see his mouth moving. I just saw that he was – he was like shouting. He was literally just saying Bret's name over and over. That's funny. They would go to a commercial with Diesel and a Slim Jim – with you know, Paul and Slim Jims. Oh, okay. I fast forward. It was Slim Jims. I thought it was maybe going to be like Ico Pro or something. No. Then we come back and all that, and then we <laughs> see what's going on with the tag team title tournament from WWF Superstars from the weekend prior. And it was a heavenly bodies against Holly and the kid to see who would go into the into uh, the t- the title the title tournament and all that. And it seemed like you mentioned before, it's like there was more offense in that match than the match we saw tonight. Right. So. Then, before we go into what's next, Beverly Hills, let's take another quick break. All right, let's do it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, brother, this is the immortal one, Mr. Beverly Hills. And you know what? Those other guys who tell you about the Maliello, they don't know what's going on, brother. The only way to get hyped, to get jacked for main event status radio, brother, is the Diamond Dew. Ooh. Ah. It gets me ready for a big podcasting effort, brother. What you gonna do when the Diamond Dew runs wild on you? And we're back here on Main Event Status Radio. As you guys can hear, me not hear, Jerry Lawler's theme song is playing in the background because we have <laughs> the King's Court with the Million Dollar Corporation, Beverly Hills. Yes. Yes, sir. The whole corporation. So we got. Which made me smile. <laughs> so we got IRS, Tatanka, Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bundy, and two Druids. Yes. Do you know who played the Druids? No, I have no clue. I'm sure I could look it up. I mean, you you talk about this now. Okay. Yeah, then you know, Lala introduced the Million Dollar Man, and the Million Dollar Man mentioned that his corporation will be successful at the Royal Rumble. Starting out with IRS, he will defeat the Undertaker and will bury him six feet under. The Million Dollar Man puts over the Bammer and the Native American Tatanka, saying that they will win the take team titles because it's a shoe-in. Then the Million Dollar Man says that his new take team champs will defeat the Smoking Guns the following week on Raw when they will defend their take team t- titles against former champions. Terry Lawler wanted to know about the Royal Rumble match. And the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, said the odds-on favorite to win is King Kong Bundy. The Million Dollar Man put over that the King Kong Bundy will win the WWF title at WrestleMania 11. And when and after WrestleMania 11, the Million Dollar Corporation will have all the titles and would have got rid of The Undertaker. Can't find who the Druids are. How sad. Anyway. I'm disappointed. But yeah, that's pretty much what uh, Million Dollar Man said, do you have any thoughts about the, this this edition of the King's Court? I thought it was pretty good. It uh, really set up uh, what was going on. Um, you know, these several – this is a big group. It's got five different guys that are all going for something or four different guys that are all going for something different. Um, and it served the purpose to set up what was going on there. Yeah, and I really liked how – you know, Ted DiBiase was a great mouthpiece for for the corporation, for the million dollar corporation, and all that fun stuff. And it made me happy to see that, you know, the guys who are in his corporation 
were pretty bad in the microphone. I found out who the Druids were. Okay, who were they, Beverly? We saw one of the Druids earlier tonight. Was it Shawn Michaels? Jimmy Del Rey. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, Jimmy Del Rey and one of the Blue Twins. That's that's funny. So there you go. The more you know. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, yeah, it just made me smile like I was saying that the Million Dollar Corporation is, is made up of Teddy Biasi, the great talker, right. and yep. a bunch of mid-card guys who can't talk. Uh, pretty much. I I don't really want to listen to any of those guys, uh, um, a promo on their own. Bam Bam was pretty good, kind of underrated as a talker. Yeah. I liked him. Well, I don't but think I don't want to hear a Tonko one. I don't want to hear an IRS one. I don't feel like uh, hearing you know IRS come out and say, you guys, just like Joe Osteen in 20 years, are a bunch <laughs> of tax cheats. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like hearing that. And I don't know if Joe Osteen is a tax cheat or not, but... <laughs> I just thought I'll tie that in with what since we were talking about uh, right Joel Osteen earlier. It was just so uh, the thing with IRS's promos is number one, he's a really kind of like just dry talker. He's just like rah rah rah, and then also just his character is so one dimensional. You know, every promo is gonna be the same, just like you said. Um, he's gonna come out, call you tax cheats, whatever, whatever. Like it, it just isn't entertaining. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, you know. That character being dry, his promos are dry. Just a bad combination. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then we did, get. Did you mention? Did you mention that Million Dollar Man said that the corporation is alive in '95? <laughs> no. But no. well, you, know, you mentioned that comment. I did mention that uh, Tatanka and Bammer are will win the Tate Titles because it's a shoe in. Yes, right. that made me laugh. <laughs> Then, yeah, then we go get another PowerPoint, commercial, PowerPoint slide for the commercial. <laughs> Say that, Mabel, in action. <laughs> yep. Then we come back and we get the WWF Superstar line, which... Yes. Corn events, the number is no longer longer in service, but I am kind of tempted to call it. The number is 1-900-737-WWF. No, it would be 4-WWF. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So one nine hundred four in there. one nine hundred. Seven three seven four WWF, and it's one dollar forty nine per minute, up to twenty four seven, and all that. You can call and hear an interview with Bret Hart and Diesel, and play some WWF Royal Rumble trivia. Awesome! So I'd love to play some Royal Rumble trivia right now. Hey, hey, I I, I cannot call the number here on Skype and see what happens. <laughs> I don't think you'd get who you'd want to talk to. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Probably some porn number. I am, would almost guarantee that that's what it would be. Okay, then I am not going to try calling. That's fine. All right. Yeah, the so we got Mabel coming out. Yeah, this would be the main event match. be Mabel against Lee Toblin. I don't even know. I wrote Mabel versus question mark because I didn't see it. And I didn't hear yeah. him say who it was. Yeah, from Wikipedia, it's Lee Toblin, T-O-B-L-I-N. So. Okay, Toblin. That's yeah. awesome. Then, you know, talk about, you know, how, you know, I think before we uh, started recording, you were rapping a little bit. I wrote down an exchange between McMahon and HBK. McMahon said, are you ready to rap? And Michael's <laughs> said, I don't rap. I rock and roll. And that sounds like something that you and I would say to each other. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. So then they start kind of like weirdly talking about everything that Diesel's been doing lately, especially talking about that he was at the MTV Rock and Jock softball game the day before, <laughs> which I absolutely loved watching the Rock and Jock sports things because it's like the culmination of two of my favorite things, which is music and sports. And we have like random celebrities like I guess Coolio was at it <laughs> and like Bobby Bonilla I loved when he was talking about oh the people that were at the Rock and Jock softball game with the <laughs> big daddy cool diesel oh <laughs> alright so into the match uh, Mabel throws the mystery man around stands and watches uh, mystery man oh I guess sorry Lee Tobin <laughs> puts the headlock on Mabel Mabel powers out um, this is when HBK, uh, the draft line that I kind of like, it's kind of scary in retrospective. Did you hear what HBK said he is? No. I am the Wolverine of the WWF. Yep, that's the exact face I made. <laughs> that, I guess, you know, the Sean wouldn't know what would later on happen in 2007. It's, it's true. Yeah, right. It's tw- yeah, 12 years down the road, or 11, whatever, 11 or 12 years down the road. I don't think he knew, <laughs> but so, I just, I laughed. Well, talk about, since we are the, we like to critique people's attires, what's your thoughts on Toblin's attire, which looks like Lawler's, you know, with the one right. one arm singlet and the tights, but like the trunks part is red, and everything else yeah, is black. I, I thought that was fine. I don't know what you thought about Mabel's attire. I loved it. <laughs> I want it. It's that's, so silky, I, so shimmery. I I guess maybe that's what we could wrestle in. And <laughs> it says the, whoop. It says whoop. There it is on the front. When, when, when you know we could wear attire similar to that when we're the when we're the twenty twenty version of of uh, the heavenly bodies. <laughs> heavenly bodies. Instead of the heavenly bodies, we could be called the Beverly bodies. <laughs> Copyright, copyright, the Beverly Bodies. I'm happy you like it, Beverly. I'm floored. I'm floored at this point. Okay, then, yeah, then we might as well get back into the match. All right, yeah, you want to finish it up? Yeah. This is when you Skype called me, so I don't have any more notes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, well, yeah, the finish came when uh, Mabel came out, came out of the corner, hit a flying clothesline, and finished the match with a leg drop. Nice. So Mabel won with one one, and I read this match one one hundredth of a star. <laughs> I gotta give this one a dot. Yeah, Mabel showed some moves that impressed me a little bit, and that was about it. Yeah. Then we come, then we uh, come back from a commercial break, and Mabel's outside with Michaels and McMahon, and McMahon asked him his thoughts on the Rumble, and Mabel said he will win the match. Then Michaels asked him why he thinks that. Then uh, before Mabel was able to respond, Bundy came out. Got, yep. into his, got into his face, and, and he said that uh, Bundy said that he was the biggest and the baddest. Mabel called him the ring, and the million dollar man kept him from doing that. Then we get another uh, Rumble commercial with all the WWF superstars saying uh, different things on the beach and uh, and being awestruck by Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And McMahon. He started uh, out with, yeah, with that weird tug of war. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sexy flexing. Oh, it's me, Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> yeah, then, then McMahon put over what we'll see next week on Raw, which will be the Guns versus whoever wins the tag team titles at the Royal Rumble. Right. And then, we'll, uh-huh. then we'll be joined by whoever will win the Royal Rumble. 
And uh, then we go to a video package with Diesel, a remix of his theme song. It was some highlights. Of, it was pretty much a highlight package of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That it closed was. out the show. Right. So before we take our final break and go into the main event set of Star and the Jobber and all that Beverly Hills, what is your thoughts on this Raw overall? Um, it was all right. I don't know if um, it. I don't know. I'm not sure about like the go home. I think you really got to have the champ out there. You know, just having him in a video package, you know, flexing and then looking at Pamela Anderson. I don't know if that works well enough. I think you got to have him there. Well, even instead of having Mabel do the squash match at the end, why not have Diesel in the squash match? Yeah, right. Exactly. I exactly. And then with a promo or something, why can't that you know happen? Yeah, well, that's actually my opinion. I agree with you on that. You know, like I said earlier when we reviewed it, the Jeff Jarrett Bret Hart match was definitely the highlight of the night. Right. So, right. which which made me appreciate, which made which made me which was easier for me to digest this week's episode of Raw along with last week's episode of Raw. There's always one, in my opinion, one great match with Owen Hart and Razor Ramon compared to the week before when it just seemed like a lot of jobber matches. Right. Right. So, but, it, but yeah, I guess that's my opinion. So we can take uh, our final break of the night, then we will be back with our final segment right after this. All right. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Let me clear my throat. Let me clear all. Hi, everybody. I am Dirty Dog Pettingale. Once again, for the Royal Rumble Report, we are one podcast away from reviewing WWF Royal Rumble 1995 here from the University of South Florida's Sundome. Like I said last week in the podcast when I called in, I am checking out classes down here to get my PhD in philosophy. You know, I said, you know, there's cute cow, but, uh, I was eyeing up last week. We've been taking some uh, classes together this last week. So I, want, so I sat in and on some classes to see this is my thing, you know. And, man, she blew me off. It hurt my heart, but whatever. I just got to wait to find the older gals who are better with age. But, yes, I'm calling once again for the Royal Rumble Report for this Royal Rumble 1995 here in Tampa, Florida, at the University of South Florida's Sun Dome. I'm excited because Pamela Anderson, oh, ow, the hot blonde from Baywatch, is hosting the Royal Rumble. Get excited because I am. So let me run down through the matches once again. The WWF team titles will be decided at the Royal Rumble. The finalists will be Bam Bam Midwell, the Native American Tatanka, representing the Million Dollar Corporation, take on the one, two, three kid, and Bob Sparkplug Holly. You know, if I got to place a bet on this match, money has to say it. Bam Bam Midwell, Native American Tatanka, will be taking this. Uh, that's just why he's been here and here on campus. So I'm excited for that match. Also, the Undertaker versus IRS, Erwin R. Shyster from the Million Dollar Corporation. I wonder if the Druids would play a part in this match. I don't know. If they do, 
Well, either way, I'm putting my money on IRS. So Julie'd show up. Last, last much longer for the dead man. Good luck, Undertaker. Also, the Intercontinental Title will be will be defended. The Royal Rumble Champion Razor Ramon will take on Jeff Jarrett and all that. I am excited to see how this match plays out because last week we saw Razor Ramon defend the title against Owen Hart on the matter matches that we've seen here in a while on Monday Night Raw on how tonight Jeff Jarrett to take down Old Bret Hart. I'm excited to see how this match turns out. And talking about Bret Hart, he is challenging WWF Champion Diesel the title, but he lost at last interview the WWF Survivor Series 1984 against Mr. Bob Backlund in a submission match. No, Bret Hart's first match was this past week on Raw. I just don't know if Bret's ready yet. I don't know. Let's see if this match that he had on Raw this episode was able to get the ring rust off and all that good stuff against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. The reigning and defending WWF champion. Good luck, Brett. And now, mid event. It's a Royal Rumble this, this year. And the winner will be escorted by Pamela Anderson into WrestleMania 11 to, to face against the WWF champion. I wish I'd be able to enter the Royal Rumble this year because, man, ooh, I would love Pamela Anderson to escort me to the WrestleMania 11 main event. Some of the competitors in the Rumble this year are the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, King Tom Bundy, Dick Murdoch, Lex Luger, the Blues Brothers, Doink, Owen Hart, the Bushwhackers, and the British Bulldog. I'm excited for this lineup and all that good stuff. I wonder, excited to see who will win this Rumble this year. And also, let me run down the rules for the Rumble. This would be the quickest Royal Rumble to date with the entrances would be happen, uh, happening every 60 seconds. One was every two minutes. We're changing up to every 60 seconds to make this the quickest Royal Rumble. And to be eliminated, you got to be thrown over the top rope and have both feet in the floor. Not one foot, not a half foot, not three-fourths of a foot, both feet. You had to touch the floor after being thrown over the top rope to be eliminated. And the last superstar remaining in the ring will be declared the winner with the one WrestleMania 11 be escorted by Kamala Anderson to get their WWF title match at WrestleMania 11. I'm so excited for the event. I'm so excited to be escorted by Kamala Anderson to WrestleMania 11. I'm going to get off because my next classes will be happening here in a a few minutes. So I'm going to get off and get off the phone, get my pen and pencil and paper together to take this class or sit in this class while philosophy of time. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for checking out my Royal Rumble report. I can talk to you guys next time. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm here on the Dirty Dogs Diamonds here on Many Events Status Radio. You guys always hear me talk about my trucks, 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 trucks. And here is, is Dusty Hills to talk about my trucks. Oh, Dog Stamus, baby. You know, they're always telling me, oh, Dusty Hills, are we, 
How many people? Oh, are there anybody there? What are you talking with? Oh, dog Stamets. Oh, we got must have 20,000 people behind this camera, daddy Oh, They're talking about Jeeps. They're talking about trucks. They're talking about cars. You know, if you in the Florida Panhandle, baby, you got to come down to dog Stamets' uh, car emporium. Tell them that Dusty Hill sent your brother. All right, back for, as I always say, the thrilling conclusion <laughs> of Main Event Status Radio. We got the past and present. We got the main adventure. We got the jobber star. We got Dirty Dog Darcy. My jobber of the night has to be a tag team tag Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. Between Lee Toblin and Jason Art. <laughs> so this is what you were saving Lee Toblin and Jason Iron for? Yes. Because well, their matches sucked. I didn't know who they were for the podcast. <laughs> so I wanted to mention them. Don't know if we'll ever mention them again. Good job. But I did some research, Beverly Hills. Yes, this Lee. is what I was. I, this is for me the main event of the evening. You're, you've kept me on edge all night. Lee Toblin? I think this was the first time. It might be the last time that we uh, will see him because he d- didn't have a wiki, wiki page. Okay, but <laughs> got this, it. But this isn't the first time we reviewed a Jason Art match. Okay, we actually saw him already on the podcast. He was one third of the Mean Street Posse. No, he was Jason or Joey Abs. No way! Wait, that's what Wikipedia told me. Because, you know, they had links on the guy's name. You know, checked on, checked on Lee Toblin. He didn't have a wiki page. Checked on, you know, Jason Arndt. He's Joey Abs. No freaking way! Yeah. Oh, I'm flooded. See, this is why I can't do too much research, because I would have found that. And now I, I'm literally... Wow. Wow. So what's your thoughts on us reviewing a Joey Abs match already? Oh, man? my God. Well, you know what? Out of the jobbers, Jason Hart was better than Lee Toblin. Yeah. And that's <laughs> certainly true. So, which made me laugh, which I, that's why I said I <laughs> had to, you know, you know, uh, foreshadow that earlier in the night. <laughs> Do you know that Joey Abs apparently won the Memphis Championship Wrestling Southern Heavyweight <laughs> Championship from Lord Stu- Steven Regal? Did he? That's funny. Yeah, but he lost the title to K Crush on August 19th of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. Wow. So my, my jobber. My jobber. Uh. My jobber is. Diesel for allegedly being he's like tugboat for allegedly being the the heavyweight champion but not being on the show except for flexing on the beach and working out in the gym i thought he looked like crap and i don't know he's you're the champion you gotta be on the show at least comparing it to nowadays at least brock lesnar was on the go home edition of monday night Raw before the rumble Right. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, that'll be tomorrow night. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but I assume Brock Lesnar will be be there since he was there this past Monday night at the contract signing. Yeah. Right. So my main okay. event, event status star is another tag team tie, Beverly Hills. Okay. 
It is Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett. Okay. For putting on an awesome match, and I hope we see more matches between the two further in the series. Yeah. At least, that, at least that's my opinion. If not, more matches from, like, Razor and Owen, because I felt like that match was great last week. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. My main eventer, live long and prosper, my main eventer is William Shatner. <laughs> I thought he looked awesome. He was, you know, he was like not just standing at ringside. He was cheering on Brett, questionable, questionable advice telling him to throw Double J under the ring. But um, he's getting the crowd going. He's cheating. He's cheating for him. He even threw a quote-unquote tremendous forearm <laughs> to the roadie. Uh, threw him out of the ring. William Shatner is my main eventer. I can't argue with you about that. Shatner <laughs> wasn't the Shats. <laughs> he definitely did not take a Shat. <laughs> so I had to give give your <laughs> main eventer a two thumbs up, Beverly. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So we might as well do a past to present segment, Beverly Hills. All right, my first. I Oh, go ahead. Okay. You go first. Well, since we're talking about Shatner, what's your thoughts on using Shatner in 1995, and did it hold, still hold up in 2015? Um, you know, to be honest, it probably holds up better in 2015 than 1995 because I feel like the nostalgia for Star Trek has come back around. There have been two new Star Trek movies now, and I think in 1995 it was kind of at its lowest um, because Next Generation was off the air. I don't know if Deep Space Nine had even started. So um, I think probably more people would care about a William Shatner appearance now, maybe, maybe paired with someone else. But, yeah, what do you think? I well, I guess I enjoyed it, you know. Uh, it was cool, especially, like you said, that, that – that uh, Star Trek is starting to make, you know be, be popular again. That it was cool to see Shatner twenty years ago coming in with one of the top stars back in '95 and help help him out and be a second man. You need to ask Mikey the dog about what he thinks because he's the big Star, Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, he's oh just Star Wars. Yeah, Star oh. Wars. I don't know. I don't know about Star Trek. Okay. Okay. I thought he was a Star Trek guy too. Yeah, I don't, I, if he is, that's news to me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, do you have a question? Uh, you said you had a question for the past yeah, to present? I do. My past to present is um, going to be what your opinion, and I feel like we've maybe touched on this before, but um, your opinion on the inclusion of standby matches, like the like the Mabel match at the end. I, I, um, I honestly enjoy that, it that... You know, I mentioned before I listened to the Wrestling Observer podcast and Brian Alvarez freaks. I guess not really freaks out. He, him, uh, Vinny, and Craig on their Tuesday night show are reviewing the, the Nitros in order. And one mm-hmm. thing that I agree with Brian on that he has mentioned before is that he enjoys, and like I mentioned before, that we mentioned before on our podcast, that it's nice to see. There's, I love to see, like, end, at end of the show, the notices go over what we'll see next week. That they already have okay. things 
plan known. And that's one thing that Brian loves about about watching these older wrestling shows is that they already have a plan of what's going on. You know, the wrestlers know who they're facing. They have a week to, you know, get ready to for the, get ready for their match and all that. Especially, you know, I guess back then they had TV tapings, so they really can't change it too much. But I I enjoy it. That it's nice that you know there's extra matches. You know, things were actually planned. You know, they run, run down what we'll see in the night, and we get it. I don't right. like nowadays going to Monday Night Raw and we don't even have one one match announced. Now, everything just gets oh, thrown, sure. thrown together in the night. Like, you know, what's the point of even showing up? If I was a wrestler, why is, what's the point of showing up if I'm not, if my match is isn't even announced? Sure, sure, right. I, I yeah, I don't think that's a different point altogether about the planning of the night. But I I do like the idea that um, you know we don't know how long each thing is going to take. So we, you know, we have this Mabel match ready or we have whatever, um, ready to go. It gives more of a, it almost kind of straddles both lines with being planned, but also being impromptu. Yeah. You know, like it's almost like best of both worlds in that regard. Well, I guess, you know, I do like that, you know, just in case if one of the main event matches that we'll see early in the night, is shorter than expected, then yeah, it's nice to have a jobber match thrown, thrown in there just to help fill in time. Right. I guess I, I guess I have another past to present question. Uh, what okay. pop, you know, kind me. of tiny with, with Shatner earlier, what pop stars could we use in 2015 that would have a similar popularity to Shatner in 1995? Oh, man. Well, they've tried. They are, they're always trying with celebrities. I thought the use of Snooky a few years ago was good. It was at it was at the the top of the popularity for her. Um, let's see what else have they done well. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I don't watch enough of the current. Okay. Well, same here. I guess know. when we when we lived together, there were there was a height of the guest host. And, yes, you were for Looney Mine's gun match, Brennan. I feel like one of the best guest hosts has to be Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon. <laughs> Even though they weren't like at the height of their popularity, it's awesome for me and for you because they had <laughs> they had this chair in the ring that it, he was it, sitting in. It was like a Jerry Lawler's a royal royal chair that he used during the King's Court. Yeah, I almost thought it was like a chair that you might see at like a church or something that yeah. a priest or a pastor might sit in. But um, yeah, and he kept getting up and sitting down. He sat down like twenty times, didn't he? In like the yeah, ten and, minute it, opening yeah, segment, one moment he would you know be you know no expression on his face, like he's zoned out. Next moment he's confused. Next moment he's excited. Next moment he's confused. Next moment no expression. Next moment he's happy. Next moment he's confused. Next moment he's excited. Like like he's and then he's standing up, sitting down a hundred times in that. Yeah, like he's bipolar or something. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, and I know another one. Another guest host I enjoyed was Jesse Ventura. Obviously, because he was our former governor, and I'm a big fan of Jesse. It was great to see him as a guest host too. Sweet. And another one I have is the WWF Superstar Line slash Hotline. Could it okay. work today? Well, uh, uh, no, no, I don't think it could. I think 
we've moved beyond it, and they've done a good job um, moving beyond it. I think the use of like the app, which I guess we don't have. Do they still use the app? I don't know. Yeah, I think once in a while, yeah. So I mean, like, I think that's kind of the logical progression, um, you know. And then obviously the network, I think, is is the progression of the um, super of the hotline. Yeah. Yep, of the you know, it it. I don't know. People are going to call in to talk to them. I think uh, you can find that information elsewhere that you wanted elsewhere. Um, but I think they've done a, a well enough job in you know working beyond that with things like the app and with things like the network. So yeah. I got one more question. For that's a good. Else. That's a good question. Though. I like that. Yeah, I, got, I got one more set of questions or one more idea, I guess, for the for us for, for my end. Since okay. Jerry Lawler got sent over to SmackDown, since SmackDown moved to Thursday nights and they're trying to build SmackDown back up again, do you think, you know, tying with Jerry Lawler in the Kings Court, do you think, could it work bringing the uh, Kings Court segment back to 2015? Um, yes and no. I, I think uh, those interview segments work best with heels rather than faces. And, um... I think it also works better with people who are uh, current wrestlers. Okay, then. Okay, so so okay. Well, let's say if they would try it out, or they would bring it back every once in a great while. Who could help make make it go over with Lawler? I guess what? Oh, guys, just with Lawler? Yeah, I guess, oh, it's got to be with Lawler. I thought you were. Can I switch the question? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I switched. The, switched who do you switched. who do you think should be given an interview segment of current of twenty fifteen wrestlers? Let's do that instead. You know, similar to like I I don't say I know you're gonna say highlight reel, but oh, actually, he's, I was gonna say, done. I was gonna say current active wrestlers maybe right. Bray Wyatt. Okay, that may be interesting. Maybe Dean Ambrose. Okay, maybe sure. Um, I guess I'm just trying to think of. My first, in, my first instinctual guess would be Dolph Ziggler when he's a heel. Makes sense, yeah. Because he's a really good talker. I think he could fit in with lots of different people. The one thing about Bray Wyatt, he's an awesome talker, but he might look weird when put next to someone who's not in like the cartoony okay, I can see that world now. that he's in. You know, he he might look strange. You know, juxtaposed against someone who has like a just very you know, straight up gimmick. I don't know. Could say maybe like JBL or Booker T then do it? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. Well, I guess you no. Know, let's say Flawler does do it. Who could he? Or I guess I guess not do it. King's Corporate interview segment wise. Who do you think would go right. well with Lawler? Well, just anybody who can play off of him. Okay. I I don't. You know, it's. And he's good enough that he could probably play off of lots of different people as well. Yeah, yeah he his wits are great. You know, he, great, he really doesn't care too much about the current product either, but whatever. Yeah. So I guess this would be it. Beverly Hills, do you have any other closing comments or closing thoughts on our p- past or present segment on what we reviewed tonight or what we will review next weekend? Nope. Excited to talk to you next week. Okay, then uh, next weekend we, we will be reviewing the Royal Rumble 1995. Yeah! Uh, we would probably drop after next after the Rumble of 2015. So, just to let you guys know. so Because, yeah, we, we had to push back the recording for the weekend to, a, to Sunday, which is 
you know, for I guess next few weeks for you know for now. So the so the Rumble podcast will probably jump after this year's Rumble, so you guys can uh, celebrate by listening, but listening to. 1995 uh, podcast of the review of the Rumble after watching 2015 Royal Rumble. So, <laughs> so we won't be talking about this year's Rumble next week, and we'll probably cover it the following weekend. So, just to let yeah. you guys guys know about that. So yeah, right. so you'll hear our 2015 Rumble talk in two weeks. Cool. So yeah, so next week we're reviewing the 1995 Royal Rumble, which I'm excited Beverly Hills to watch and review with you. Yep. So, for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time on Main Event Status Radio. Goodbye, sweet Carl. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen.